podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Coogan Cassis for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast, with the formal press conference to announce Liam Smith and Chris Eubank Jr.'s rematch, June 17th at the AO Arena, live on Sky Sports box office. I am joined by Chris Eubank Jr. How are you, mate? Good. I'm good. You've uh, not done any media since that night, haven't you? I've seen anything you've done in reference to that night back in January. Am I correct in saying that? Uh, I think you are correct, yes. Okay. Was there a reason for that, or you just didn't really at that point have anything to say? Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I've been travelling the world, I've been enjoying my life. Um, I haven't really had much time to to talk about boxing. I've been in the gym, but yeah, in terms of media, yeah, just just no real reason to get in front of a camera and talk. But obviously, now that we have this fight coming up, you've uh, got to spill the beans. So, in the immediate aftermath of uh, that, your loss um, back in January, was it? the foremost thing that you wanted to do was get back in the ring with Liam Smith as quick as you could? As soon as the fight was waved off, yeah. Okay. In that press conference, which was uh, an interesting press conference to see uh, you and Liam talk about or reflect in your own ways about that night, and, yeah, which was interesting to hear you say that you believe that you could have continued and you believe that, well, a little bit of tongue-in-cheek by saying that fans were robbed of seeing you possibly taking more punishment, etc. But well, they're it, not fans. They're the guys that buy the tickets and buy the pay-per-view to see me get my ass kicked. And they were robbed you know, because, uh, you know, it was not a conclusive stoppage. I'm on my feet. I'm saying let's continue. Um... You know, would I have taken more punishment? Possibly, yes. So the guys that wanted to see me lose, the guys who come, they're dreaming about this for months and, and weeks. Oh my God, I, I'm gonna be there the night that Eubank just gets his ass handed to him. Um, they didn't get to see that. The, the fight just got cut too quickly. Or I, I'm dominating the fight for three rounds and then it's over. So they were robbed of that. The fans were robbed of, the real fans were robbed of um, seeing that that fantasy fight, that you know that Garty Ward esque performance of getting hurt and coming back uh, to win, you know, overcoming the odds, getting through that pressure and pain, gritting your teeth, biting down on your gum shield, and 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 pulling out a victory when you're hurt. Th- those are the th- those are the fights that 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 we as fighters fantasize about being in. And those are the fights that the fans fantasize about seeing. It could have been one of those. Or it could have just been me getting my ass kicked. But we'll never know now because the referee was so quick to, to wave it off. Okay, so aside from your own uh, mindset of basically don't pull me out, which we'll talk about in a second, but can you see it from a referee's perspective and also your corner's perspective of why the fight was stopped? Can you see that? Can I see it? Sure. You know, every, every man has his own opinion of what's going on in front of him. And he thought that, you know, for whatever reason, I shouldn't continue, even though I'm, 
up immediately and saying to him, let me fight. You know, a fighter who's hurt, you can see it in his eyes. You know, you saw Saunders on his stool in the Canelo, in the Canelo fight. He didn't want to continue. He was, how do I, how, how can you, how can you get me out of this ring as quickly as possible? That wasn't me. I'm there, I'm looking the referee in the eyes, let me keep going. No, sorry, it's off. Okay, I know it's off now, but I'm still gonna walk over to Smith and look him in his eyes and let him know, I'm still here, I'm still ready to go. You didn't stop me, the referee stopped me. And that's lucky for you. Or maybe it's lucky for me, but we'll never know now because the referee stopped the fight. And it's strange because this is the same referee who let me batter and beat Nick Blackwell for 10 or 11 rounds to the point where he was in a coma for two months. But then when it's on the flip side, you know, a flash knockdown and I'm getting up and he waves it off. So it's, that doesn't seem fair to me, but that's, that's my opinion. And it maybe, maybe it is biased because it's me, but that's just what I think. I mean, just in reference to what you're talking about, that obviously that Nick Blackwell fight, which obviously was ended a bit very unfortunate for Nick Blackwell, was a considerable few years ago. Yep. So the referee's mentality in that fight is going to be completely different to the one with you and Liam Smith, surely? I don't, I don't know. I think a man who can watch me do what I did to Nick for 11 rounds, that's the man you are. That's the referee you are. You, 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 don't, you, you don't change your heart. So then when you see me get knocked down and get back up immediately, how are you... Let me take a few more punches. You did it to Nick. Why, why am I special? Okay. Um, in that press conference also, you said something that's quite interesting. You said that when you were asked if Liam Smith was a better fighter than what you thought, you said no. Did you underestimate him? Yes. Doesn't that lead into the same thing or not? Not at all. I know what, I know what fighter he is. I know his calibre. Um, but maybe I did underestimate him. Mentally. In terms of the physical, in terms of the preparation and what I did to, to get myself ready for the fight, I didn't cut corners. I said I, was, I, I, said I needed to be 50% to beat him. That doesn't mean that I came into the ring at 50%. That meant that in my opinion, 50% um, of my, my ability would be enough to beat him. And to be honest, for the first few rounds it was. I was relaxed, I was calm, I was in control. So much in control that for a split second, I not let my guard down, but you know, there was a lull in, um, uh, in concentration, uh, in alertness, whatever you want to call it, and that gave him the opening to do what he did. And that's my fault. Protect, protect yourself at all times, the number one rule in boxing. I didn't respect that number one rule, and I paid the price. Chris, there were some people suggesting not from you, but suggesting the weight situation, which kind of stemmed back to your preparation for the Conor Ben fight, leading into then, not soon after, uh, too soon after, to the Liam Smith fight, was a factor in why it wasn't your night on that night. Can you make comment on that whole weight situation that kind of stemmed over pretty much two camps? Yeah, listen. At 33, old, at 33 years old, cutting weight is never going to be fun. It only ever gets harder. Um, but I'm not using that as an excuse as to why what happened happened. 
and again, I feel like I dominated the first three rounds and then I made a mistake and he capitalized on that. I'm not going to lead that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to equate that to me having to cut weight twice back to back. Uh, me coming in a pound under the weight I was supposed to be in, me cutting weight a certain way for the first time in my career for the Smith fight, which I'm not going to be doing again, by the way. I'm not going to say any of that was the reason why what happened happened. Um, I'm not here to make excuses. He has the win over me, and I have to avenge that loss. Do you think Liam Smith approaches the fight similar to the first one? I'm guessing so. I mean, you'd have to ask him. He's definitely going to have more confidence now, knowing that he can, you know, buzz you, Mank Jr. Because um, he didn't know that he could do that. I didn't know that anyone could do that. Um, I've been buzzed before. He said that I've. N I said I've never been buzzed. Of course, I've been buzzed. You can't not be buzzed doing this for your for for, for a lifetime. But I've never been buzzed to the point where I fall over. Um, did I get back up too soon? Maybe. Should I have taken the full eight count? Maybe. But I'm not built that way. I have a lot of pride uh, and it was uncharted territory. I don't know how to just take a knee. I've never practiced that, waiting for the referee to get up to the nine count and then get up. I've never, I've never done that. Um, now, now I have, now I've been in that situation. So if it ever happens again, which I'm gonna try my absolute best for it not to happen again, maybe I will play it differently, I don't know. Um, he did what he did and it's my fault. I, let, I gave him the window of opportunity. Um, so fair play to him. What would you two saying to each other in the head to head? I couldn't quite hear what Liam was saying to you. Right at the end of the head-to-head -head today. Do you remember? When we were taking pictures? Yeah. Oh, no, the, no, the camera guy said, Chris, put your fists up. And I said, no, nah, let Liam do that. It's, it's, it's too corny. And that upset him. Because it is, it is corny. Every guy does it. Yeah, I've got a fist. It's just, it's just so shit. It's boring. So I don't do that. I thought it was a bit deeper than that. I didn't know it was just that, literally, no, about getting your fist up. Let, let Liam do the corny stuff, and then he got upset. You know what? Oh, yeah, I'm corny. All right, well, maybe I'll knock you out with my left hand instead. Of, yeah, so he had a little thing. Um, but, yeah, you know, nothing serious. Your future is obviously June 17th, but I do have to ask you, why didn't the Conor Ben fight happen for June the 3rd? Uh, I decided against it, you know. There was a substantial offer. And, um, you know, I had to weigh up the pros and cons of taking that fight before taking the Smith fight because the Smith fight was always going to happen. I have to, I have to avenge the loss. Um, and, yeah, I, I eventually decided against fighting Ben next. Uh, it's not the right time. It wasn't in the right place. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of stuff to sort out, and I feel like that is what needs to happen before... Uh, we get back in the ring. Um, if it gets to a stage where he never sorts it out, then, you know, I'll have to rethink, reevaluate. But as of right now, it's still very fresh. I think he needs to get his British boxing license back and the fight needs to happen in the UK where, you know, where we have both have a huge fan base and a huge hater base, 
you know, and when you combine those two, that's, it's mega. You know, we're filling out stadiums here. Um, so we'll see what happens. How close was it Callis Allen played it down and said that the idea was only flirted with, in his opinion? Eddie Hearn said that there were talks. I don't think we really heard more than that, but in your opinion, how close was that to happening? You said you chose not to in the end, but how close was it to happening? Um, we, got, we got fairly deep into the negotiations. I just wanted to see what they were willing to do, and they were willing to do everything. Believe me. Um, but again, I decided against it. It's not the right time. I have to avenge this loss against Liam Smith um, before I look at any other guys. Yeah. For your career, as much as everyone wants to see that fight of Ben, for yourself to put right in your view the, the Liam Smith thing should be foremost. Yeah. yeah, this is personal. It's extremely personal. But at the same time, Ben is extremely personal too. I mean, it kind of wasn't personal for before, but after everything that happened, now it's extremely personal. He put me through what he put me through while he was doing what he was doing, and I'm never going to forget that, ever. Okay, well, June 17th then, um, AR Arena, Manchester it is, so yeah, it's showtime. Yes, it is. You know, I, again, I know I'm the better man. I know I'm the better fighter. I know I'm the better man in that ring. Um, but it's not enough for me to say it. I have to go out there and I have to show it and I have to prove it. Um, and as of right now, a lot of people don't believe me. And that's nothing new. You know, I've, I've had people not believing in me from day one. Um, so me having to kind of prove, prove myself, yeah. I've been there and I've done it. The, the interesting thing about this is this is the first time I've ever had a rematch. This is the first time I've gone into, back into the ring with somebody who has a win over me. So it's going to be very interesting to see how I deal with that and how that affects my performance. Um, yeah, there's, um, you know, you, there's no quitting me. I will not stop. Um, the towel will not be thrown in. Was that a little bit tongue-in-cheek? Absolutely not. I meant about your corner not bringing a towel, Roy not bringing a towel, etc. No, I've, this, is, this is not a joke. You know, I, I never had that conversation with Roy. Oh, if you, know, if you get hurt, you know, if, you, if you're taking shots, if you hit the deck, I'm going to throw the towel. I've never, that just never ever crossed my mind to have that conversation with anybody. So, you know, but now I have to have the conversation because it's happened now. And I, I won't ever allow anybody to, um, to take what's coming to me in terms of a beating, if that's what's going to happen, or to take away my opportunity at greatness, which is getting hurt and then coming back and winning. Don't ever take that away from a man, especially not a man like me, who is a veteran in the sport, who knows what he's capable of doing, who can deal with punishment, who can absorb punishment and keep going. You know, I'm not a vulnerable guy. You know, the people know I have a chin. It got tested uh, and I, I believe I was gonna pass the test, but I didn't get the opportunity to do that. We'll never know what's gonna happen. We, we will never know if I would have passed or not. I think I would have. Um, 
So now I have to go in there and right the wrong. Okay, just one final one. Any thoughts on Amir Khan's situation, which we learned a few weeks ago? This is the failed drugs test against Kel Brook. Yeah, man, it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's all bad, man. It's so much of this stuff happening now in the sport, you know, and as a clean athlete, I'm looking at all these stories and I'm thinking, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know, Jesus, all these years I've, I've been clean, all these years I've been, you know, and I've had the offers, you know, you go in and out of gyms and you got guys and you got trainers and, or, you know, guys on the side, hey, you need anything? You know, if you ever need anything, let me know. I, I've heard that talk over the years and it's just, I would hear it and it would disgust me. Get away from me. But it's like, you hear about so many of these fighters failing these tests, it's like, Jesus, you know, maybe I should have. That, that kind of, that just passes through your mind for a split second and then you snap back out of it. Oh, what, the, what am I talking about? Would never do anything like that and I never would. But it's like, it's just annoying that I've dedicated and, and stayed true my whole life. And you've got so many of these guys out here cutting corners. Um, and I'm talking about generally. I'm not, I'm not aiming this at Amir Khan because I don't know the situation. I don't know what he did or didn't do. I'm just talking about the general population of boxing. All these stories coming out about guys failing drugs tests. And I'm here 10 years, never failed anything. It's disheartening. It's upsetting. It's disappointing because kids are, are reading these headlines and they think, oh, well, Conor Ben did it. Amir Khan did it. I'm going to do it. You know, that's, that's the example you're setting for the kids coming up. I couldn't live with myself if, if, that, was, if that was me. Um, I put too much hard work into the sport. I've, I've dedicated my life to it. So for someone to then try and take that away with, oh, well, the only reason you've done what you've done is because you, you, were, you were juicing, that would, that would destroy me, that would devastate me. So that's why I've always kept so far away from it. But some guys, they, they fall victim, man. They, you know, you know, they fall victim to the temptation. Um, I don't get tempted. Okay, Chris Eubank Jr., thank you very much for your time as always. And uh, yeah, we'll look forward to June the 17th in Manchester. Anything else you want to add? I think that's enough for now. Thank you very much. Sports Social Podcast Network.